Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Campus Ministry in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder and a regular at Torchy's Tacos. Do you guys have Torchy's? In LA? No. So they, they started in Austin. They're kind of a hipsterish sort of thing. And we got a Torchies in Boulder right before the pandemic struck. And I have good news to share, Matt. The good news to share is I uh, have a thing that I've done in the past, not last summer, obviously, but during the summer, uh, I'll set up kind of happy hour-ish in a local restaurant and buy tacos for students and recent alums. Anybody's around can stop by and say hello. And it's lovely. And Matt, it's back. It's back. Every week now, we're doing Taco Tuesdays at Torchy's. They've got a great outdoor patio. It's not super crazy busy. I don't have to fight people for a table. Uh, and you're not going to believe this. I've been seeing students in person, and it's magical. Matt, I didn't know you could see the people you did ministry with in person. And here's the really fun thing, right? So we appropriately, uh, around the fall, around the, the winter break, pivoted away from doing our weekly meal because that was all we were capable of doing and instead focused on doing as many one-on-ones as we could with students, which was fantastic. And uh, Megan and I built tons of supportive relationships with students. And so we know each other, but they don't know each other. Like Some of them have never met each other before because we didn't, that didn't happen. And so last night, Matt, we were at Torchy's and I said, uh, six to seven thirty, stop by. I'll buy tacos. Uh, nine o'clock, I'm finally like, I've got to go because I'm getting texts from the vinyl spouse and I am going to be in trouble if I don't leave. Uh, and all these people who really didn't know each other just talking on the patio, eating tacos all night. And it was uh, just the best night I've probably had professionally in 18 <laughs> months, 20 months. I don't know. Amazing. Long, long time. All it takes is tacos. All it takes, all you need is tacos. And, and a year of one-to-ones. But, you know, also tacos. Yeah, you do a year of one-to-ones. Hopefully there's some <laughs> benefits to that. Uh, I was also earlier today, Matt. I had lunch. Uh, I said I run a tab at the bar and they order from the bar and stuff, right? So I'm hoping that it builds up. So I don't have, because it's kind of fast casual kind of deal. And I don't want to like, people are dropping in and out. And I don't want to stay in the line all night. Right. Uh, and so I say, just go ahead and tell them put it on Zach's tab. So I'm going to be a regular at Torchy's where... As long as, hey, dear listeners, don't go to Torgy's and say put it on Zach's tab, okay? Uh, unless you're sitting there talking to me, okay? Don't abuse this <laughs> privilege, this special information. But I was there uh, at lunch today, uh, immediately after I was there on Tuesday night, and meeting with the director of Hallel, which is one of the Jewish student groups at the university we work yeah. closely with and do a lot of interfaith stuff. And uh, hadn't met with Seth in person in a long time either. And uh, having this great conversation. And I got to learn that... Um, a part of his role is he gets he is up on these like FBI lists uh, that in response to rising anti-Semitism, they have groups where they like Jewish leaders get information from the FBI about anti-Semitic stuff that's going on. Um, and we were talking a bit about how like the difficulties in, in for his students who have a pretty like informed understanding of like Israel Palestine stuff and and the increased incidence of anti-Semitic stuff coinciding with, with the recent violence and war in, in Israel and Palestine and all that stuff. And uh, then he wanted to show me an email that he received from the FBI. In uh, so lots of it's really horrific stuff, but this was, he thought was hilarious. And he said, uh, I got this email from the FBI that said, uh, just so you know, if a student start, starts reading this manifesto, it's a bad thing. 
was essentially what the email said. And I said, Seth, anytime a student walks into my office and starts reading a manifesto, it's a bad thing. Like, that's never... Right. I don't need to hear out, like, what the manifesto is about, but, like, any conversation that starts with, hey, Pastor Zach, have you heard about this manifesto? I'm already thinking, how quickly can I get this person out of the building? Because it's not good. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Unless it's about tacos. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be proven wrong on this one, but so far... <laughs> 100% so of the time far. the student has started talking about a manifesto. I've been, I've not She's thought not to myself, good, good leadership qualities in this one. I bet we can, we can get him in the leadership team. It's, uh, <laughs> not, no, can we get him out again. of here? Are they a threat a to me sign. in this community? So, you never know, I guess. Amazing stuff. Well, good. I'm glad you're getting out and about talking to real people in the flesh. Very exciting. Real humans. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Although I had the unfortunate experience where I learned one of our students who I really like a lot, like I really like them and they are going to be a student leader, is studying abroad this semester in the fall. Oh, and they that's the worst. They forgot to ask me whether it was okay or not. <laughs> you didn't sign the form? They forged your that's signature what on I the permission slip? That's I said, right? Like you got to fill out all this paperwork and work on the study abroad process and work with your college. I've got paperwork too and you haven't filled it out, so you can't go. <laughs> You've missed the deadlines. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's the system. Is there any chance they could start a campus ministry wherever they're... You guys could have, like, a branch? In Edinburgh? Here's my... Oh, rule. yeah, there you go. You can only go and study abroad if I get to have a chaplain check-in where I, I come and visit you and make sure you're doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. All the that haggis you can eat. <laughs> sounds... Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's wow, wow. I didn't study abroad. I my advisor told me that was a waste of time, and I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> I was an engineering major, so study abroad, like many things that were fun and beneficial, were not encouraged, and I often <laughs> have regretted that and have spent my years of international travel with students trying to compensate for what I feel like is a missed experience go. as a young adult. There you go. Yeah. Didn't yag them. Didn't have time for that crap. <laughs> I got things to do here. <laughs> things to do. Things to do. I got to get to Bakersfield. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I don't know what else I got in the late. This is like the dog days of dog summer. Dog days know. of summer. We're in July. Dads and grads. Shut up. It's no longer June. Get out of here. Uh, we're moving on to July. It's the dog days, which has something to do with astrology and astrological drift. I mean, I'm and I'm never. I'm like almost never here uh, at church is, this time of year because I'm always traveling. Which is why uh, we're recording is 87 episodes in advance. It's right. This is. But I think is this this, this is is this one of the Sundays when I'm, you're going to preach? This is during my residency at St. Mark's in Los Angeles. Yes, residency. Zach, Zach is taking up a two week. Residency. He wishes it was in person so he could just hang out in LA for oh, two weeks. I do. Be, I do. Oh. We have tacos too, man. We have tacos too. I, oh, I'm familiar. We did the taco tour. <laughs> we, we need to do another taco, taco tour. tour. We haven't done that in a long time. 
We do, we do. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about this residency? What do you What do you think? I'm so excited, Matt. Uh, I am excited. Um, I haven't. I've got it on my calendar in big terms. I got to figure out what time it is. So that's always a uh, <laughs> right. consider. And do right. time zones? Make sure I get that time zone math right. Um, you know, I'm excited. I I haven't seen your people since uh, probably the baptism. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I was thinking back to when. Your campus ministry visited in 2013, mm-hmm. I want to say. But yeah. no, you were here for the baptism three years after Speaking that. Speaking of which, uh, shout out to someone who probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but was a part of that trip. Michael Schellenbarger uh, was one of the students. that He got married last week. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Congratulations. to Michael. I'm, I really like Michael and, and like seeing what his, the interesting twists and turns that his life have taken. Nice. Nice. I found uh, when I was cleaning things out. Oh, in fact, I think, oh, I think it's right here. There it is. It's the shirt. There it is. It's the shirt that was left for us with little notes. I don't on understand it. why it's not framed on the wall of the sanctuary, but, but it was, that's it. it. That's the shirt. To be fair, it was hanging up for a long time, and then it's been eight years, seven years, eight years, eight years. In the words of Stain, so, it's been a while. It's been a while, but I still have it. We still, we still have it here. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it does need to be framed, you know? We'll see. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that done for you. <laughs> we, uh, I did spend, Megan, uh, our program coordinator, and I, Megan has an art background, has a degree in art, uh, is very arty, and, and I love that. Uh, we realized, Matt, that we do not have a logo. Do you have a logo? Yeah. Do you have a St. Mark's logo? We do. It's we. So we have a, we, yeah, we have a, and this one is very old, uh, but it's a lion with wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, I don't, you can't really see it on this audio medium. Uh, but it's, it's a very, hold it closer to the camera. They'll be able to see it. Predates my time. Uh, like this little outline of a line with wings, which I will then sometimes use and I'll put it on a bicycle for our bicycle t-shirts or I'd put a mask on it for the masks. That was really fun. Uh, so we have that for a while. I tried to make the wings out front, uh, into a logo and I just, I could never quite figure out how to make it work. Yeah, so I, I think we're in a similar, somewhat similar boat here, Matt, because we have the Naked Buffalo, which is what the shirt is. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I have workshopped a verse from Job that traditionally is translated naked, I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return and turn it into buff, I came from my mother's womb. And we have an anthropomorphic buffalo with a strategically placed fig leaf, and it's a hilarious story, and I can tell it much longer and, and more humorously. Um, but I'm not sure. We kind of decided we had to make a banner. Uh, to go outside. And we weren't sure that was... We think that's a mascot yeah. is where Megan and I landed, right? Like, it's fun. Sure. We like it. We like to put it on stuff. But it doesn't necessarily, like, quickly communicate, like, bread and belonging. And that's a problem for us because we have this brand confusion of bread and belonging um, is supported by Lutheran Campus Ministry and St. Aidan's Episcopal Church, and it meets at St. Aidan's Episcopal Church, which is next to University Lutheran Chapel. Um, and so people aren't always sure, like, uh, some people don't know that they're a part of a Lutheran Campus Ministry. Some people don't know that they're a part of an Episcopal Church. Uh, some people don't know that they're part of either of those things. Um, and nobody knows what's going on. Uh, and so... And yet we have to retain those identities for the different, like, things we do, right? Like, because mm. Lutheran Campus Ministry is its own entity. And so when we fundraise and write our appeal letter, it says Lutheran Campus Ministry, as it should, because that's an organization. We're asking for your money. Uh, but putting Lutheran Campus Ministry and St. Aidan's Episcopal Church stuff all over all of our things doesn't clearly communicate 
to students as well. So we spent three hours uh, yesterday, Matt, uh, on logo design, Googling, image searching, a trillion things. We got a lot of ideas we like, but we are nowhere near. It's so hard. It's so hard. It is. It is so hard. Are you trying to do it yourself, or did you like... I mean, if I'm paying Megan, why should I pay somebody else? Um, <laughs> I feel like we, we've been trying to do it ourselves. You see what happens, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, because on one hand, it's not that hard, right? You just like, you know, like everybody looks at a logo and is like, yeah, you just do a little thing, you know, art and the letters, and there it is. I've sent some text out. I've got some friends who work in marketing, um, and I'm trying to figure out if if marketing and advertising people would do any pro bono work. Yeah, right. Because that's because uh, we can't afford them. Um, right. But we got ideas. We ended up with some like geometric wheat. We ended up with wheat. Is mm-hmm. is maybe where we're we're headed here? And that like the mm-hmm. way geometric wheat works, you can kind of make like. Because then we try to do too much, right? Like you can have two bees into the geometric wheat because they have like the way it works and like oh you stick it up here and there's a cross and like a circle and so simple is what you want to do obviously um i mostly am really liking the king arthur flower logo the new king arthur flower logo (laughs) the new one there's a new one there's a new one it has geometric wheat crown things going on in the middle um that's that's pretty cool it's pretty cool um nice but we don't need a crown. I mean, we can't steal, first of all, from King Arthur because a giant organization like ours would be in real legal jeopardy if, if we were to steal uh, copyrighted images. <laughs> Unlike our buffalo, which is definitely not made of copyrighted images uh, that I found on the Internet in 2011. But um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like we made good progress, but like, whew. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Logos are uh, important and hard. Yes. Yeah. And then I tried to like workshop it with students at tacos thinking like they might like it'd be really helpful if you were really excited about a new logo. And they're like, we already have the buffalo. That's what people don't get. Students are so conservative, like which on one hand was a really good thing to hear from students who I haven't spent a whole lot of physical time with to hear like, oh, this is my, like, this is mine. This is my, we have, we already have a logo. We have the Buffalo, right? We don't need another one. Um, Which is that, like, they never tell you they've joined your campus ministry, right? Like, but like, all of a sudden you start using (laughs) we, and I'm like, you do, you like us. You really like us. (laughs) Right. Um, And then there, of course, like students only like the things that they've, however we've always done it since they've been around is the way you always have to do things because mm-hmm. stability and traditions are things they cling to in times of uncertainty which is all of young adulthood yeah yeah indeed well good luck uh, finding that logo Thank and then you, when you're done uh, you can make the logo for the vinyl preacher oh yeah like the vinyl preacher we have more of a logo I think than either of our churches do because it says the vinyl preacher on the pomegranate record. Oh my gosh! Well, there's that, and then the we have it on the t-shirt. Season. There's like a gold record on the t-shirt. Yeah, I, that's pretty lame. <laughs> it was made from free art through through custom ink. And then, uh, Who wouldn't run another one of those shirts like Nate- you just showed me? By the way, because it said the University of Colorado on it, and they won't run anything. Unless you get like express oh. written permission from the university that says University of Colorado, which seems ridiculous, but wow, interesting. Uh, I feel like uh, Nate Maxwell Doherty tried to make us a logo at one point too, and I can't. 
remember what Come we on, Nate. I think he did. Did he send it to us? I have to look this up. You, you would have it, not me. Uh, okay. I, I'll try to look that up. Ooh. Well... Let's see what these texts look like in the dog days of summer. I'm sure they're going to be super... Do you know what I, I did last super week, this weekend? <laughs> laid out, did some little bathing out in the backyard underneath the balcony where I could be easily observed by monarchs. It's a good thing to do in the summertime. Wow. What are you holding in your pocket there? It looks like a magic wand. It's my owl uh, letter opener. <laughs> what? It's an owl, a letter opener with an owl on the top of it. It's much quieter than the slinky that I normally play with during Zooms because I can't sit still. Gotcha. 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 But we can sing uh, if you want, but it's a metal. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there's the slinky. Nick would not yeah, like I that. Don't, uh, yeah, I don't have anything. I don't know. You, you're not into knitting? You don't want to do the cross-stitch thing? Seems like everybody got into cross-stitching. They did. I played guitar during lots of Zoom meetings where I didn't have to talk. That's true. Yeah. Which was so. You did. Yeah, that's pretty, though. That that draws attention to yourself, I feel like. Uh, keep it right out of frame. I'm playing guitar right now, Matt. I've been playing guitar on the podcast for five years, and you've never noticed once. <laughs> wow. No, I <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty difficult that I have a microphone in front of me as well. And it doesn't pick up the noise. I'm pretty good. Audio, our audio engineering skills are way better than we let on. Oh, fun fact. Speaking of guitars, uh, the song that we're going to do, that we did, past tense, for the 4th of July worship, Pete Seeger's If I Had a Hammer. Mm. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Talks yes. about the land, but without being triumphalistic. It's like, here's the work we have to do to live together and that's what if you've been watching Ragnarok the uh, Twilight-ish inspired Netflix series about Thor modern day Thor and Loki which I call Thor in real life uh, to distinguish it from the Loki show and the Avengers stuff uh, in the final episodes in season two he is looking for uh, a hammer Wow. He's got to find it wow. to defeat the Giants. Maybe I'll do, might have to check this out. I might have to check this out. We didn't even... I see now Now that we're 20 minutes into this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I finally finished Ted Lasso. I, f- I feel like we should have covered that. See? Your eyes got all big. You love that show. I do love that show, Matt. Maybe we'll talk about it two weeks in the past or a week in the past from this episode <laughs> because of our chronology is all... I know. We were participating in the kairosness of time as we record our summer episodes. It was it was so good. I, I felt like I knew that it was going to end the way that it did, but the way that they did it, I was like, that was nice. It was well done. I do kind of want, I want a, uh, gosh, what are they, AFC Richmond shirt? <laughs> yeah, they've got to make those, right? Let's Surely they exist, right? <laughs> Amazing. I'll well, pick us up some uh, when I go to visit Edinburgh in the fall. Good, good. Please, please do. Please do. Well, uh, here's our text for late in the summer months when nothing uh, is going on. Just really chill reading about adultery, 2 Samuel 11, 1 to 15. warfare, murder, (laughs) betrayal. Like, this is your telenovela of... uh, Oh, it totally... It's super telling. It totally is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh my gosh. Uh, a reading from 2 Samuel. In the, in the spring of the year, the time... I think, the, I think what they meant to say was the late summer. I love this. I love this line. I didn't even notice the opening line. What an, what an opener. In the spring of the year, 
the time when kings go out to battle. I like the idea that there's a king and people are like, hey, why are we always going to war? And he's like, I don't want to go to war. You don't want to go to war. But it's spring. And what we do in spring is kings take armies into battle because that's what spring is about. And we have these traditions and we cannot fear from them. That's that's just what you do, you know. We've got this great logo on our shields. (laughs) Got to do it. Got to do it. So David, you know, it's springtime. So David sent Joab with its officers and all Israel with him, and they ravaged the Ammonites and they besieged. No, he just sent them and besieged Rabbah. It says when kings go out to battle, and Daniel's David is like, "Oh, you guys go. I'm I'm good." I mean, I think maybe this is just normal, but to me, this opening line also sets up that uh, kingship just does a number on you. Like, it's well, already corrupting it's like David because yeah. he's he's not even going out there with his people anymore. He just sends them out because it's springtime. Two weeks uh, ago, he's dancing in the streets with the people, and now he's like, eh. yeah, not anymore. David now he remains to go to at battle. Jerusalem. Like, eh, just send the people. But David remained at Jerusalem, and so it happened. I, I love the way he said the, whoever the author is too. They were just they were chewing the scene. This is a good it one. happened. Late one afternoon, when David rose from his couch and was walking about (laughs) on the roof of the king's house, and he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Well, that's funny. David David also was very beautiful, although it was insignificant. Fun fact, yeah. David sent someone to inquire about the woman, (laughs) as you do. It was reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Mm. So David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. That happened quick. (laughs) Now she was purifying herself after her period, and she returned to her house, and the woman conceived... And she sent and told David, I am pregnant. (laughs) So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab and the people fared and how the war was going. And then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah went out of the king's house and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David Uriah didn't go down to his house, David said to Uriah, you've just come from a journey. Why don't you go down to your house? Have a beer. Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah remain in booths. And my (laughs) lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will do no such thing. And David said to Uriah, me neither. I would totally not not do that. <laughs> Get it. Remain same. here. To, same. Same. <laughs> remain here today also. And tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day. And on the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence. And he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. Well, David gave up on that plan. And in the morning, <laughs> David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Oh, in the letter he wrote, set Uriah to the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him so that he may be struck down and die. Word of God, word of... 
of, of life. Definitely life. I really like that David's note is completely unambiguous. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. You could have just said, set your eye at the forefront of the hardest fighting. That's all you really have to say. Like, make sure he's in the yeah. hard stuff, right? Uh, he's like, and then draw back. That's enough, right? Like, that. that's pretty clear what he means. And he's like, just so you're clear, I want him to die. It's just, just so we're clear. Yeah, David is really pissed after a week of trying to get this to work. Uh, yeah, this is bad. This is bad. We thought David was going to be a good king after... He was um, doing so good. After Saul, but uh turns out... This is bad. It's real bad. I mean, it starts bad uh, already. I mean, it's, it sort of opens up right with the foreshadowing, like we said. Now he's just, as kings do. I mean, it, even, it really does set it up where it's like, this is just what kings do, right? Kings, they go out to battle. And now David, that's what he's doing. He's he just sends them out. Them out. Um, and then uh, he's You can't battle unless you've been vaccinated, and David's still waiting on all the facts to come in on the vaccination stuff. So Yeah, right, right. That just is, waiting for the science to play itself out. Definitely what's happened. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how Bathsheba is perceived uh, in our, you know, I don't know. Is this a Sunday school story? I mean, I remember learning it at some point. Growing <laughs> right. up. Uh, so, but but she's definitely a victim here. I mean, like, oh, my yeah. God, like the power dynamic the king, uh, throughout well, the here. Arm, well, everybody's out of town calls you to the ca- the, the castle, the, the temp- whatever, castle. Uh yeah, you don't have a lot of power as a. It's, yeah, and um, she doesn't I mean, even she go does back. Not, she sends word to say she's pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she does not uh, seduce him or anything. This is not that kind of story. Uh, this is this is just pure, pure power play from the king. It's it's real bad. It's real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> I mean, then there's this reveal in verse five um, that she sent told David. I am pregnant. Uh, and again, like we we're talking, I mean, that, that I am pregnant reveal, it still works today. Like, it's just, that is just a timeless reveal that changes changes the game. Uh, in this case, uh, it really sets, continues to set things in motion. But what a, what a reveal still works. There are um, some powerful words, man. Like, dear listener, just call somebody who you care about and cares about you and just say, I am pregnant. And you're not going to get a, uh, you're going to get a reaction out of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, uh, when you're talking about preaching, words words create worlds. Words have power. Here's some three words. A lot of power. A lot of power. Uh, David sent a uh, word to Joab. I mean, he sends for Uriah. And it's just, I hadn't read this text in a while, and then it was slowly dawning on me what David was trying to do. I mean, like... Like, so at first, uh, if you didn't get it to your listener, he's trying to make... I don't even remember. Like, I remember Sunday school, but I don't remember this part where David, like, try Because it's probably too detailed, even, for mm-hmm. Sunday school, where he's basically trying to make it seem like Uriah's the father uh, of this of this kid. It's incredible stuff. I mean, I, I, again, like, incredible stuff. Not only incredible stuff that it's in the scriptures, but that it's in the lectionary. Just yeah. incredible stuff. With the number of stories that get left out of the lectionary, this one... Captain, Captain, so and good. Uriah. Then, then the contrast. I'm sorry, I just keep going because this story is yeah. just so good. Just, just narratively, it's so good. Uh, the contrast then between Uriah and David. That Uriah, not a king, just an upstanding citizen, just a good dude, and doing everything right in here. Uh, just even when David gets him drunk, he's still <laughs> like, 
incredible. Incredible. Uh, and so then the final nail in the coffin there in 14 and 15, when David just uh, decrees his execution. Just, <laughs> just just a terrible, just from start to finish, just David. Not, a, not good. Not a good day for this guy. Or for anyone, frankly, in the story. David does this to clean up his mess, right? So there's no, like, mm-hmm. evidence for what's happened. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're talking about it several thousand years later. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yep. like, what it says about David, that, like, that he, I mean, it seems like he's pretty successful in, like, getting the mess cleaned up, right? Except for the fact, evidently, all of Judaism knows about it for millennia. Um, which, which, wow, you know, like, and that we're, that we're reading it in the lectionary, I think is this like, it's important just to, just to say that, I think, right. And mm-hmm. that, that David for all of the, you know, we spent months now talking about how beautiful David is and how great a leader he's going to be. And David's going to be perfect and all of the gospels and stuff. And, and, and Paul's letters are talking about Jesus as the new David. Um, and yet perhaps the best, the juiciest David story is this one about how like much he sucked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a thing that the people that our tradition has said is important enough for us to like tell for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. I think I'd go, uh, I think I'd go big picture with this. We're like, you know, we've talked where the people want a king. This whole story, like, we're in the judges. People want a king. Fine, I'll give you a king. It's Saul. It's not good. So then uh, God's like, all right, I can work with this. It's not good, but we'll, we'll do the best we can. Here's a king. Here's another king. And I feel like here we go again. Like, this is another example of, uh, okay, God can work with this. Still not good. This is still this just kingship in general. Uh, the power, when you set up a power dynamic like this, it's just not good. It's just, it's just not, it's, it's always going to, it's always going to end badly. It is the lesson that I've continued to be uh, impressed by, uh, that I've learned about in, in, I've not been there, but in some light study about the Lutherans in Madagascar and compounded with what I've learned from, um, I first learned about it from, I think, John Green uh, and talked about some, like, some gameplay studies and stuff where, uh, that it, might be an important thing for us in our Western ears to hear that power is an entity on, of to its own, like in its own, like it mm-hmm. exists by itself, uh, mm-hmm. and that as much as we ever wield power, power wields us, and so it doesn't matter how. I mean, it's going back to my Facebook rant. Uh, like it doesn't matter how well intentioned you are, or how beautiful, or how faithful you are. That when you have power, power does what power does, um, and you are the tool for its work, not vice versa yeah yeah like especially especially this kind of power right like um like from organizers to um to dr king we'll talk about power as a as a neutral thing that is simply the ability to move or act right and so it's also this like this concentration of power this um this this pattern that we have to try to put to try to concentrate power in the wrong thing, right? Like God sets it up so that like God's the ultimate power. And then we're going to just like figure out how to distribute things. And instead we just, we keep trying to find like 
where to put the authority. Like, please, just take it from me. You do it. You do it for me. And we still, like, we're still, uh, surprisingly, uh, here in 2021, still dealing with uh, weird authoritarian vibes that we're constantly trying to, like, fight against. Uh, but There's I think another t-shirt, Divino Preacher. Like, weird authoritarian vibes. Weird authoritarian <laughs> vibes. This is what happens, people. This is what edition. happens when you concentrate... Uh, power in the hands of no one no one man should have all that power it's just not a thing well Matt we are doing the semi-continuous which turns out to be the quite complimentary path through at least July because we're here in John Matt uh, the beginning uh, it's time it is time time to move to John time huh? for John it is time to talk about bread because you are going to spend the next five weeks to reach your in the sixth chapter of John and these aren't even like bread of life we haven't even got to bread of life this is the this is the amuse bouge of uh of the of the bread text here uh so here we are fun fact Matt this is one of the only stories that appears in all four gospels uh Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee also called the Sea of Tiberias and a large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick Now, Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the festival of the Judeans, was near. And when he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Note, a large crowd moving, and Jesus does not say, Where are their wives that I may sleep with them? Uh, He says, Where do we buy bread for these people? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. If I had a dollar for every time at church, I was like, Hey, look, there's a boy with two barley loaves, with five barley loaves and two fish. Uh, But what are they among so many people? And Jesus said, Make them sit down. Which is really fun. Um... It's a good Jesus quote. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, and so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed. Jesus distributed them to those who were seated, and so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, those who had eaten they filled 12 baskets and when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the, peop- the prophet who has come into the world. And so, Matt, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him the king, to put him up in that tower, he withdrew again to the wild places, to the places where the bandits uh, and the wild animals and the dangerous stuff uh, lived up on the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and this sounds familiar, started across the sea to Capernaum. And it was dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, I saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. And then they walked, they wanted to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the land towards which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, or praise you, Christ, I guess, is what you're going to tell me. There you go. Uh, why don't the there lectionary, we go. don't need the stormy sea on top of, I mean, this is like hits on hits, hats right? on hats. It's why, too much. Why, why did we add that on there? This is like, what? Know. I mean, I guess they're like, 
do you really want six weeks in, the ch- in chapter six of John? I guess it starts and ends. Like, he's, like, traveling on the sea at the beginning and the end. That's interesting. I wonder what they want us to do with that. Interesting. I feel like the bread would be enough, though. The bread's enough. I mean, that's the whole point of the story, isn't it? <laughs> Woo! That'll preach. We're done. Yep, there it is. Uh, yeah, different picture of a uh, kingdom here. Jesus refusing to take the crown, which, for the record, David seemed pretty enthusiastic about taking. I mean, yeah. enthousiastic, I don't know. He didn't seem like I'm not going to. He didn't even do false modesty. He was sad about Jonathan, but. Right. Yeah. No, Jesus just leaves. Withdraws to the mountain. Jesus throws that Irish goodbye on couple of news and notes here, Matt. Uh, there's some subtle stuff uh, that you might not notice in this greatest hit. Jesus went up to the mountain. So this feeding is happening on top of a mountain, which sounds pretty and sounded music to us. Again, a reminder that that in the ancient Near East is an inappropriate place to eat uh, and to gather people uh, outside of the walls of towns or houses uh, is the place of social vagrants and thieves and not a reputable place. And yet this group of people has gathered with Jesus to eat. You know, it'd be like saying, "Go, let's go have a picnic in the desert or let's go have a picnic tonight in a dark alley um, with your family. So it's happening in an inappropriate place. That's a place of outsiders for sure. And then um, a wheat thing to go back to the logo. Uh, the boy has five barley loaves. Barley is a not as good as regular wheat, so barley would have mm. been a much cheaper food to get and less good, like much crunchier. Um, mm. And so it's poor people food. Essentially, it's poor quality bread. Uh, and so this is your justification for serving Wonder Bread at communion. Uh, you can point to John 6 uh, here because that's the kind of bread that they're serving. And finally, what makes this account different than the synoptics account of this story is that Jesus does the work here. Jesus distributes the bread. Jesus feeds the people, literally. Instead of just giving it to the disciples, he'd go out and do it. The disciples clean up afterwards here. And so you get this really nice contrast between um, visions of what a king and a leader might look like. Uh, Really, you know, here with Jesus, you get this vision of, of what the people's hopes for David had been. Uh, and then in the Old Testament, you get the reality of what David's kingship really looks like. Amen. I mean, it is a good, um, it makes sense that it's in all four Gospels. This is a pretty, if you needed one snapshot to show what Jesus is about and what Jesus is up to, it's probably it. It's a good one. I mean, it's a, it's a classic for a reason. It's oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. And this is the last time you'll talk about bread for a while. And it's for at least seven days. What would you do with the sea crossing? Do you just ignore it? Or is there a way that it... Um, <laughs> that it, it feels like it could have just ended with he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. I mean, if Kevin Strickland appointed me to be the lectionary maker in the past, that's where I would have done... I think that the good news in that, like the kind of good news to push it towards altogether, is that you can't put the power of God like in a box. Mm. Um, Jesus re- refusing to take the crown. Jesus like withdraws. Jesus, God's going to do what God's going to do. Um, and it is unpredictable and wild. Um, and you can't put it in a palace. Or it won't stay there. You know. Can't put it in a palace. If it wants to sweep across the face of the deep, 
you can do your uh, Cortez the Killer here, uh, your your Neil Young Crazy Horse uh, dancing across the water uh, is what you find Jesus doing. Man, put that on wow. my playlist. <laughs> do I, it. I love do that it. song, by the way. That song is so good. It's about nothing, and Neil Young says it's about nothing, but like, oof. I love Cortez the Killer. I don't think I know that. I'm going to have to look it up. Cortez, Cortez. Uh, full disclosure, I learned about it through a DMV cover. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a good DMB cover of it's a super jam band like Cortez the Killer is pretty long for especially for Neil Young it's like seven minutes um six seven minutes and so it lends itself to the jam bandy thing and nonsense lyrics Dave Matthews is here for that <laughs> I love any uh Dave Matthews reference well since we've already transitioned uh into the playlist what are we listening to during these classic texts Matt, for that second Samuel text, you gotta be listening to another oldie but a goodie uh, by TLC. You gotta be playing Creep. Because uh, that's what David is doing. He's creeping. Um, uh, and then, you know, I can just see David on top of the roof having gotten off of his couch, which we didn't even talk about how silly that line sounds. Yeah. That he's like, he was playing video games, he had Cheetos, uh, he'd just done some edibles, and he got off the couch, and he looked... Right. Uh, but he looks down there and he says, you got the look. Uh, and so that's the Prince song that I'm going with. A little more sinister in David's version than it is in Prince's version. And finally, new album out this week in whatever universe we're living in uh, from his his golden messenger. Uh, it's pretty good. And I really like this track called Sanctuary, um, which is... Um, uh, you know, it talks about like to the bones and stuff, right? And like, there's this I think really organic vision of of the good news of of the life and power of God on top of this mountain um, that's growing in an organic way all the way to the bone. So, sanctuary, hiss, golden messenger, North Carolinian uh, Durham bass band. Awesome. Well, well done. I also had Prince. You got the look because how could you not? It oh, just uh... great. That's the one. The other one uh, from Sign of the Times that I put on there is uh, It, which is uh, also a very dirty song. <laughs> so you got to have a dirty song for these dirty mm-hmm. readings. Um, and then uh, for the gospel, uh, something a bit warmer. How about the High Women Crowded Table? Mm. That feels That's good. That feels good. It's a good one. That feels yeah. good. We'll end in a heart I'm about podcast. to go see Brandy here in a few weeks in real yeah. time and in, in, in podcast time. You know, Red Rocks with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. Wow, that sounds cool. I bought tickets for it like two and a half years ago. (laughs) Well, I hope it's good. Enjoy Red Rocks. Will do. Enjoy uh, Big Trees. If you have not already. (laughs) Will do. It's uh, it's been real. Real dirty? No, vinyl.